Here's the payoff pitch from Familia to Fowler on the way. And it's in there, strike three called. The Mets win the pennant. The New York Mets have won the National League pennant. Put it in the box. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. And they are mobbing each other out behind the pitcher's mound. They have completed a four-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs in the National League Championship Series. They win game four, eight to three. And now the disappointed crowd here at Wrigley Field begin to salute their Cubs whose long streak, 70 years without a pennant, and back to 1908 without a World Series will continue. But all of the focus now on the New York Mets. They're headed to the World Series against either Toronto or Kansas City. We won't know until at least Friday. And right now, Josh, I guarantee you, the New York Mets don't care. Bring your wife, guaranteed to have the time of your life. Mets, we sing it every week. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It's the Dave Jesco Show. West Side. I know I sing it every week. Why wouldn't I? Been a long time in coming. Oh, the butcher and the <laughs> my favorite part. How about those Mets? And I'm not saying that as a joke. You know, I remember a long time ago um, when I was in college. Uh, I guess that was in the 80s. Be- obviously before 86. It must have been very early 80s. And, um, you know, we had a, a TV show where you're doing a bunch of sketches. You know, I got I to gotta find it. I bet it's online somewhere. And... Um, I remember one of the sketches was me doing stand-up comedies before... No, I was doing stand-up comedy. So every sketch was me doing stand-up comedy. And um, then I was like... And and there was like... uh, You could hear my voice in the background. Turn that off. You know, I can't concentrate about it because I'm just thinking about what I'm doing the song. You could hear my voice in the background saying my thoughts, you know, like, geez, this isn't really going well, you know. um, And maybe if I stole someone else's material... I mean, apparently that's the gag. And then I do, uh, I don't know, other people's material. I mean, obviously I can't remember. But one of the hacky jokes was, how about those Mets? <laughs> how you doing? You know, I was supposed to be dying. Well, I remember watching a Dick Van Dyke show. Damn it, I should have gotten that clip too. Dick Van Dyke, it must have been in 1962, you know, when they were just absolutely hard. Maybe it was 19, yeah, probably 62. Could have been 64. Who knows when they first came around. And Maury Amsterdam goes, well, it can't be as bad as the New York Mets, huh? <laughs> that was one of the, the gags in the Dick Van Dyke show. Well, not anymore. Today's different. Today's different because the Mets are in the World Series. You know, when they went to the World Series in 2000 and they were playing the New York Yankees, I was so angry because the Yankees were just, I mean, they were ridiculous. I mean, that was they won three in a row. They won 98, 99, and then 2000. And they knew they were going to win. And I was hoping we were going to end up playing Seattle that year. And it wasn't a great Mets team that kind of scrapped their way into the playoffs. You know, Mike Piazza was awesome. But the rest of the team wasn't that great. You remember anybody on the 2000 Mets? I don't. Except that idiot Armino Benitez, whatever his name was. That guy was a dick. Uh, Armando Benitez, I believe. I 
hated him. He was a loser. But uh, this Mets team is kind of kick-ass, and uh, there's no reason they can't win. When in 2000, I was pretty sure they weren't going to win. But, I mean, there's no reason they can't win. Now, I'm taping this podcast on Wednesday, October 28th. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. And uh, I'm taping it a little early today. I'm uh, Actually, uh, I had a very bad day, so I was almost going to not do the podcast. I think I've said that two weeks in a row now, but I don't know why. I mean, everything's, you know, Mets are in the play. I don't care. I don't, I'm not – I'm, like, so excited about the Mets, but yet almost didn't want them to be in the World Series in a way because – it's just, it's so stressful, and it takes so much time. You know, then, you know, it's all this weekend, and so then any plans I had, you know, I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be watching the Mets. Me and Sarah Silverman are supposed to hang out this weekend. She's in town, but she doesn't understand. What am I supposed to do, not watch the Mets win the World Series? Are you kidding? It's very complicated. It's a lot of, it's a lot to ask to keep watching a game every day, you know? Years ago, you know, when the Mets were in two in two thousand, I mean, I was doing some plays. Uh, I was putting together a couple of shows, and me and my friend Kevin Cash were in them. And it was very difficult to schedule everything around the Mets. You know, we didn't know they were going to be in the World Series, so you know, I had such stuff scheduled. I always tried to, you know, do it around, especially even when the Yankees were in. I don't care, but you know, I know other people do. So, you know, I had to schedule things around the World Series back in the day. You know, last year. When I started doing the podcast, who cared? You think I give a shit if Kansas City and San Francisco were in the World Series? I don't care. I mean, I like I like watching anybody in the World Series. I enjoy watching the World Series, but I'm not going to plan things around it. You know, unless it's a Game 7, which I believe I watched, I think, after the podcast. I think um, that was on a Wednesday night. And um, I think me and Jack at the time went, uh, the, now the evil Jack Passon, went to the bar right next door and watched uh, the Game 7 and Bumgarner throw um, an unbelievable game, which propelled the Giants winning the pennant, which is everybody's... uh, That's why I love, you know, uh, the old schoolness of uh, the Mets win the pennant, the Mets win the pennant, because it reminds me of this. Not taking any chances. Watson without too big of a lead in second, but here we run it like the wind of Thompson hits one. Back to throw. There's a left You know, that's, I mean, how funny is that now? Because you can't understand a word that guy's saying. Uh, this guy, Russ Hodges, and that's from uh, like the 50s, uh, 51. How about that? You can't understand a word he's saying, but you know, you know, any man knows that the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. I mean, I think Joe Buck did it last year when the Giants won the pennant. Uh, you know, it's a callback. It's just one of those things, you know, like that. You know, we've heard a hundred times, you know, what a great day for a ball game. Let's play two. You know, just one of those things. I mean, all he's saying is the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. But it's, I guess it's the enthusiasm, the way it went down. I know everything he said. Um, I, I had it written down. There's a long drive. It's going to be, I believe, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. He says it four times. 
Bobby Thompson hits it in the lower deck of the left field stands. The Giants win the pennant. They're going crazy. They're going crazy. hey <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Bobby Thompson hit a line drive into the lower deck of the left field stands, and this place is going crazy. The Giants. Horace Stone has got a winner. The Giants won it by a score of 5-4. to four. They're picking Bobby Thompson up and carrying him off the field. He said that all in the time that we were... <laughs> I didn't understand a word he was saying. I, I mean, if you can even make out the Giants win the pennant. Not taking any chances. Watson without too big of a lead in second, but he'll be running like the wind of Thompson hits one. Back to throw. There's a left side. I can't see <laughs> well that's when the giants the only the giants you know back for what we know you know in the 50s before uh, most of us were born i would assume listen to this podcast um you know, I think it was only the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. I mean, from what any of us know, of you know, if you don't know true baseball history, it really just seems from anything we know in our school books or what our parents told us is this the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Yankees always in the playoffs. And, and, and apparently no one else existed. I don't think there were any other teams. I mean, I know there were, but where were they? I mean, it's uh, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, I guess maybe if you just grew up in this neighborhood, just the Yankees were just the powerhouse that they were in the 90s, back in the 50s and 60s and the 40s, and they were just, ugh. I mean, the Yankees, the greatest franchise in professional sports history in the world. And then you had the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants. And I think the Giants played here in Manhattan. And the Brooklyn Dodgers obviously played in Brooklyn. And then everybody left. Except the Yankees. I mean, it's funny that the Giants just recently, now they've won like three World Series, not in a row, but pretty consecutively. And they hadn't won since, you know, since, uh, what, Sandy Koufax times. No, no, Sandy Koufax played for the Dodgers. No, wait. Yeah, 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 I got that wrong. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, they hadn't won. I don't think the San Francisco Gents had ever won in San Francisco. I think they only won in New York, in Brooklyn. I keep saying Brooklyn. No, in New York. And then I think they finally uh, did it a couple of years ago in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure that was their first one in San Francisco. I just had a chocolate chip cookie. I was so – I was hungry, but then my cleaning lady put – I made chocolate chip cookies on Sunday – you know, just out of the Nestle thing, sometimes I really want to fatten up. Like, first of all, I went to the store and I just got pasta and sauce, right? Spaghetti. And I made my own. I was very proud of myself. But I haven't... Sure, it's easy to do. It doesn't cost very much. The problem is it's so delicious when I make it myself. Just because I just... It's just so good. And I'm by myself. I, I could eat the entire box. Like, I have to physically stop myself. When I was on Artie's podcast the other day, I don't know if you've heard it. It's, uh, you know, it's labeled. You can see it on YouTube. It's labeled the 10, 15, 15. Artie Lang, Dave, Josco, and John Novella from the Wood Hotel. Um, he, we, we got into some discussion where he was like, and Dave, the only reason I didn't have a fifth Big Mac was because I didn't have the money. And although I'm not, you know, Artie fat, 
I am technically a fat guy, and I clearly can eat pretty well. I understood. I understood what he was talking about. I mean, for me, it takes a lot of discipline and self-control not to eat the whole box of spaghetti. I have trouble. I want to make tacos sometimes for myself on Sundays, but I I eat too much. I can't stop myself. It's too delicious. Let alone the time you put in preparing it. It just doesn't seem right. I think that's why it's better to order in. Because then I'm like, well, that was easy, you know. You spend that time preparing. I want to sit here for an hour and a half and eat it. Spend an hour and a half preparing. The water takes about a half hour to boil. But yeah, that's the problem with tacos and spaghetti. I can only make it sparingly because I eat too much. I don't know why, but I finally saved some. It was so good. And then after I had chocolate chip cookies, like I needed that. You know, I just put it in the oven. Sometimes on Sunday during football season, you know, just kind of go for it. Which was ridiculous because Sunday was the early Bills-Jaguars game at 9.30 in the morning. And I couldn't wait. Like, I, okay, so after I left you on last Wednesday, I went to the Pig & Whistle with Kenny, uh, Darren Olive for Crackle, responsible for uh, Comedians and Carswell Coffee. And uh, this other guy, Mike Riley, <laughs> all the uh, all the Irish guys, uh, went to the Pig and Whistle. And this guy, John Cody, who I'm going to be working with, which is exciting, uh, in California. And we watched the Mets game, but it was very strange. I don't know why they chose that place. Um, I guess oh, this guy, Mike Riley, he just hangs out there all the time. I don't think he owns it or anything. He just hangs out there all the time. So we went there. But it was kind of a stupid place to watch. Obviously, they had the Mets game on. Now, this was the clinching game four against the Cubs last week. Um, but they, they didn't have the sound on because they had a live band. You know, our favorite. Almost as good as the Mets one. Eastbound down, load them up and trucking. We don't do what they say can't be done. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Man, I could sing that. I can't not sing that song every time. You guys must feel the same way every time we play that song. But that's what they were playing while the Mets were playing. Really? At the pig and whistle? I know they have live music all the time, but is that the right thing to do on, on a clinching game four? I mean, you know, it's not a Mets bar. You know what kind of bar it is? Um... I'm surprised because remember, I've, I think I've always said, like, uh, you know, bars are getting very smart and they're just taking a, a school or a team. I know it was a Tennessee Titans bar, <laughs> and, but it's very smart. Why not just pick a team and then you get anybody that's, you know, from Nashville living in as a transplant in New York. Oh, hey, I know there's a there's a Titans bar. Damn, maybe that's why they had this song. I know where there's a Titans bar in the neighborhood we can go to. We can watch every Titans game. That's over there. And you tell you something. You know, we go down to the... We can watch it all week long. And they got... It's called the Pig and Whistle. And they got, they got lots of... They got some live music down there. We watch the, the football game. And the, the, the Titans of Tennessee going to be playing. And it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, but it's very smart. You know, there's a lot of Pittsburgh bars. I know there's a Seattle bar, which was very... And they only became a... They became a Seattle bar just before... Just when Seattle got good, it was very smart. I know there's a 49ers bar somewhere. I know down at 42nd Street and 2nd Avenue, there's a Bills bar, which we were thinking about going to a Buffalo Bills bar, you know, last week. But you had to get there at 6 a.m. to reserve a table. So, which technically I really wanted to do, but 
I was having trouble sleeping the night before. So, um, but it's called McFadden's. Or no, it's called Ryan McFadden's because every time they go into the Mets, they kept cutting to McFadden's. But we finally found out that McFadden's is in Queens, and I think it's near City Field. That's where they kept cutting to uh, while they were in Chicago. So, um, I thought it was McFadden's down the street. So I was like, well, I'm going to go there, but that wasn't the case. Um, but boy, how about that? How about that game? And how about this? Uh, Daniel Murphy. 2-1 delivery. Swinging a high fly ball right center field. That ball going to the track. Are you kidding? Daniel Murphy, one more time, buries it into the bleachers in right center field. Stop, drop, and roll. Daniel Murphy, incredible. The Mets take the lead 2-1. Now that was uh, the game before. That was his sixth home run. And here was his seventh home run that night on Wednesday. Here's the 1-1 to Murphy. Swinging a high fly ball, well hit, right center. It's got a chance. It's near the wall. He did it. Another home run for Murphy. He hits it into the front row of the bleachers to the right of the 400-foot mark. The Daniel Murphy fairy tale, at least in this series, is pretty well complete. Murphy has now homered in six straight postseason games. A two-run homer. The Mets lead it 8-1. to one. Murphy took a slow trot around the bases. He's prancing into the dugout now. You cannot believe what has become of Daniel Murphy. I mean, come on. It was pretty fascinating. And sitting there watching, go, we were just sitting there going like, well, he's, he's still got one more shot. It's the eighth inning. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll happen. I couldn't believe my eyes. And the whole bar was going crazy. It was very exciting. Very exciting to be at a bar or something like that. That's really my favorite thing. I just wish I, you know, but you can't do it every night. That's the problem. It was perfect last night. I'd like to go tonight. It's a really shitty night. Again, I don't have a guest. I thought Rachel was coming, but I misunderstood. She's doing a taping of a TV series next Wednesday, actually. So I'll have to record on Thursday next week. Um, she's taping her Comedy Central special, I guess, or something. So I got to go to that. <sighs> what a disaster that was going to be. Um, but um, I thought she was coming in this week, but she's not. And so, again, without a guess, I've just been having so much trouble putting things together. I feel like I've been busy, but I haven't been busy, but I am busy. I don't know whether it's just this time of the year where, you know, I get so pumped up. that I'm like, every week, you should have seen my calendar September. It was like, all right, I have everything planned. And then October, I get nothing because I, I just can't put it together. So, you know, I'm all over the place today and I'm just you know I, I feel like I'm throwing these shows together and it's not working and people are upset um, it's a very hodgepodge it's not as you know clear as I'd like it to be but I'm very confused I don't know I can't seem to put stuff together lately I'm having a lot of trouble concentrating I need that drug from the Simpsons focusing <laughs> um, but yeah that uh, the uh, the Mets huh so that's what I did Wednesday when, and uh, then they played. I mean, the guy, the bartender there was awesome. And as soon as the Mets won, he uh, played the song. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up. So, yeah, he played that song, which was great. And then it was really funny because there was a, bar, a waitress there that was nice. And she, I was sitting right next to her. And uh, <laughs> we got to the part. Oh, the butcher and the baker. And they're like, come on, those aren't the words. I'm like, no, they are the words. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that one. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. <laughs> Nobody knows that part. The butcher and the baker. Let's listen to that part again. Because it doesn't make any sense, right? 
Let's see. Wait. Wait All right, here we go. Oh, the butcher and the baker and the people on the streets. Where do they go? To meet the men. Oh, they're hollering and cheering and they're jumping in their seats. Oh, the butcher and the baker and the people in the street. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. Oh, they're jumping and they're hollering and bub bub in their seats. Where do they go? <laughs> to meet the Mets. I think somebody just ran out of lyrics <laughs> pretty much. This is so weird. I mean, I'm assuming that song was written in the 60s, but it sounds like something you would have heard in the, in the 40s. The Butcher and the Baker. Well, now that I think of it, I think my mother used to take me to the butcher. You know, like in the Brady Bunch. My mother used to take me to the butcher when we were little. Does anybody go to a butcher anymore? I usually buy it in the supermarket. I don't know. Well, you know, we used to go to a kosher butcher, I guess. So that was different. You know, because the animals are killed differently. <laughs> Which is, you know, something... Cat is on my material again. Look, sweetie, I know you like it there, but I just need this. Thank you. And now you can stay there because oh, the butcher and the baker and oh. So what was I saying? So um, oh yeah, so so yeah, Thursday, Friday. So then Saturday. Right. Oh, by the way, yeah. Then I found out um, Thursday was devastating because Ashley, you know, the girl. I love, who I tell you about all the time, who's the best, got fired from her job. I was furious. For, she's a bartender for serving a free drink. Not to me. I'm so angry. This is a Tommy Bahamas. Tommy Bahamas. These motherfuckers, I swear to God, I'm going to get them. How do you fire somebody so nice and polite as Ashley? God damn it. You should see the, 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 the rogues gallery of idiots they got working there. I'm really pissed. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. You know, they didn't have a liquor license for two years, and there she was serving drinks to everybody, so we're going to let them have it. Nobody does that to my friend Ashley. Not on my watch. You know who I'm going to bring in for it? I mean, it's. Uh, I know it's kind of obvious, but, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going to make the call. And this is what I'm going to write in my letter when I write, you know, about that, you know, you guys suck and you should get a job back because you were selling liquor illegally anyway, but... Um... Counsel? Do you mind if I counter? That seems wildly inappropriate. We don't move. And we don't pay one more cent in rent. Dean? Uh, I like that plan. Are you grinder? Is he helping with cases? No, he is not helping. He is not a lawyer. Right now, this case is all about... Apartments, no rent, but what it should be about is character. I say we turn this whole thing on its head and put Krantz on the defensive. That sounds smart to me. Me too, Stu. No, this is a terrible idea. We should definitely settle. We will 100% lose the case. I feel like I'm in a grinder episode right now. Season four, episode nine, Settle to the Metal. We learned something very important in that episode. The grinder never settles. settles. He never settles. Not in his nature. Grinder never settles. I'm gonna bring the grinder in. These guys are not gonna know what hit him. I'm bringing in the grinder because the grinder never settles. And the grinder, ladies and gentlemen, yes, you know I love it. They've been picked up for a full season. Yeah. Yes, yes, go grinder. 
finally something I like. I've been talking to other people about it. They like it too. I was with Sarah um, on Monday, and thank God. I was like, do you like the grinder? She's like, oh, my God, we love the grinder. And I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, because if she likes it and she's in Hollywood and finds it funny, as do I. Um, uh, and apparently critics do. It's really good. Oh, my God. Thank God. It makes me so happy. It's like I've been saving it up. Like I'm, I'm like two episodes back because like I, I just want to watch it when I, it has my full attention. And I want to watch it because it makes me happy. And uh, I'm going to get the grinder to take care of Ashley's case. And then Tommy Bahamas is not going to know what hit him. I'm going to bring in the grinder. I'm going to bring in the guy from Fast Times of Richmond High. And I'm telling you, Tommy Bahamas is not going to know what happened to him. Tommy Bahamas is going to go like this. Jeez, I woke up in such a good mood this morning, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, rocking and rolling. Sandy! Teddy? What are you, what are you doing here? I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plan. Yeah, it's cool, baby. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Cool, yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, you know it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a great day, huh? Now I'm having a good time. I'll tell you why I had a bad day today. But I can't really tell you because I'm afraid my niece might listen to this. Oh, I already said. Okay, well, it's about my niece. But um, I was doing something for today. And no, see, I shouldn't have brought that up. I, I, I forgot to say, I was going to say, the person who I was doing something for might listen to the podcast. So I don't want to mention it. And now I already did. The one that goes to Rutgers, you know, who um, I always make fun of all the time. <laughs> I thought I'd do something nice for her today, and um, it was just a complete disaster. I even woke up at 5.30 in the morning today to figure it out, and um, I'm so pissed. And I will all will be revealed to my favorite people, the audience, um, after Hanukkah. I will tell you everything, and let me tell you, it's going to be a classic. So stay tuned, everybody. You're going to want to stay tuned to the Dave Jusko Show uh, around the Hanukkah Christmas time period because the, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, fifth day of Shachim, uh, because, uh, we, you know, you, you, you're going to want to hear what's going to happen. It's, it's an unbelievable show. And then you'll want to stay tuned for, uh, for Passover because uh, I think we'll be playing a lot of this. I am not this deliverer you fear. Yeah, okay, I'm playing all the clips today. All the clips are coming out. Obviously, I've got no show. No, I really do. I've got like 17 pages of stuff, and um, I'm just talking. But again, that's the way the show is. But, you know, so, all right, let's just finish up. So Sunday, the Bills Jags at 9.30. So I go up to Kenny and Jody's place, and she makes – and I was looking forward to it all week. Like, I couldn't wait. Like, Friday night, I didn't do anything because I was like, I can't wait till Sunday morning because Jody's going to make biscuits and gravy because she's Southern. She's going to make biscuits and gravy, and it's going to be so good. At 9.30 in the morning, we're going to have mimosas. She's like, all you got to do is bring the champagne. And I'm like, that's good. And she goes, buy cheap champagne. And I'm like, you read my mind. <laughs> How you doing? But seriously, she's a really good cook, and boy, is it great. And, you know, that thing was on Yahoo, so I don't have any way to watch that. Um, but Kenny's got the right TV, so we just watched it. It was great. It was a really fun game. It was back and forth. I think I bet, I bet the over, so that was, like, completely on point. Otherwise... Did not do well this week. I mean, I did okay. 
So that day, you know, so I got I got my Thursday game right because I picked Seattle. Remember, I told you like I was positive about that when I made it my key pick, and then I uh, had Jacksonville. So I was already up two games before the games even started. So I was feeling pretty good, and then everything fell apart. <laughs> you know, um, St. Louis, Cleveland. I picked Cleveland for some reason. I don't know St. Louis. I don't know why I picked Cleveland. They always seem to, you know. Cleveland was favored. It seemed like a good bet. I picked Atlanta over Tennessee. Atlanta by three and a half points, which I think went up to six when they found out Marcus Mariota wasn't playing, and they didn't cover the spread. They only won ten. They they won ten to seven. That can't be right. That's got to be a mistake. They no, I think they did win ten to seven. Why are they having so much trouble with Tennessee? I lost. Uh, I'm wash. I bet, I bet Washington over Tampa Bay because Washington was at home. Tampa Bay beat the shit out of them, and then all of a sudden Washington came back. And then for some reason, because I'm an idiot, I bet Detroit at home plus points, and they got killed by Minnesota. And remember, I was saying, okay, now I know how to do it because I know the teams that suck. Well, I don't. I do. I knew Washington was good, but I. I I knew Tampa Bay wasn't... Uh, I don't know. I should have picked Tampa Bay in that one. I don't know. Miami, I picked minus four and a half over Houston, saying that Houston sucks, and holy shit, Miami, what's their story? They speak, it's 44-26, but it was pretty much 44 nothing, and then Houston scored a couple of garbage touchdowns. What is that all about? This Thursday, Miami Patriots? I have the spread on that. It's uh, eight. Patriots by eight. Normally, uh, I was going to take it, but I mean, Miami's been playing shitty teams, but just right after they fired their coach, they're all, all of a sudden an offensive juggernaut. Maybe, maybe they always have been, and their coach wouldn't let them clearly. The coach was the problem. I've seen this before uh, where there's a bad coach, and then, like, I remember it happened to the Nets years ago, and they fired that uh, handsome, bald, black guy, and, um, all of a sudden, they just knocked off eight games in a row. It was like sick. And then you're like, really? The coach was really the problem. He must have been holding somebody back. This uh, guy from the Dolphins, Phil something or other. I can't remember. Who cares, right? I picked the Jets to cover the spread, which they did against New England. So, yeah, so we were watching. I No, then I went home at one because I was already hammered. I was hammered. They had lots of mimosas. And I was already, I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I was like, um, I had to come downstairs and just like take a nap. I, I mean, I love day drinking, but I hate it. Like, I mean, I don't want to do anything after. So I had nothing to do, so it was okay. But I did want to watch the games. I never ended up falling asleep. So I wanted to watch that Jets-Patriots game. And I was going to go back up to Kenny's and watch when they were winning. I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? Let me just stay here because I know it's just going to end badly. And it did. But the Jets did cover the spread. But they kept it close and they were right in the game. And you know what? That's all you can ask. And last week we were talking about... You know, if the Mets were winning and the Jets beat the Patriots, then something's wrong with the universe. So, but it's good that the Jets kept it close because they play them again and maybe next time they'll figure it out. They're in Oakland this week. I'm a little nervous about it, but they need to beat that team. Now, New Orleans, I had and I won. They beat the shit out of Indianapolis and then Indianapolis ended up keeping it close. Uh, But New Orleans was the underdog, so it was easy. And again, there's another one. We'll talk about that in a second for this week. And I lost on I pit Pittsburgh to really beat the crap out of Kansas City because they suck. And Kansas City won and killed Pittsburgh with their backup quarterback even. 
which, oh, you know, you just can't figure this league out sometimes. But I was positive about Oakland over San Diego with points, even playing in San Diego, because I think San Diego is just not good and Oakland's okay. And that's what worries me about the Jets this week. And I definitely picked Dallas plus the points. The Giants stink. And if Tony Romo was playing that game, Dallas would have absolutely won. The Giants got lucky. Guy ran back a 100-yard, you know, return. I watched that whole game because uh, I bet the oh, I bet a parlay in the over in both of those games, and I hit it, thank goodness. And then my best bet of the week, besides the Seattle one, was definitely the Carolina Panthers because I said Philadelphia sucks after watching them. So the Giants in Philadelphia do suck, but if they're playing subpar teams with a backup quarterback, they might win. So there's no way Giants walk out of there winners if Tony Romo's playing because they're horrible. And Philadelphia's just as bad. Sam Bradford's an idiot. And Carolina's really good. So the line was only three. But it was close. And at the end, it, it, it got a little sticky. But that's the way Carolina wins. And they are, I think, 6-0. and oh. And then I had no idea about Arizona-Baltimore. Never, I usually never bet against Arizona at home, but it was 7.5 points. And they covered by half a point. And Baltimore almost ran it in at the end. And that's why I was watching that game with the pool leader, who was Sarah Silverman's manager. Her name is Amy V. And uh, I was watching with her. She's so into it. And she's leading the whole football pool of 108 people. She's doing so well. And she picked Arizona. And she was watching the game with me. We were all together on Monday, which was really fun. So this week, let's just take a look. But I think that's why my show is never going to take off. Because you know, like we were talking about you know, last week, we we're talking about Rhoda. And now we're just talking about football. And before, we're just talking about, I don't know, stuff. I, It's all over the place. And Sarah was telling me, and I know I've mentioned her name a hundred times, but she's in town, so we've been hanging out, you know. And she's like, you know what you need to do? I was telling her about Rhoda, and I was telling her about Cheers, and she goes, that needs to be your show, where you're connecting those things. People like that kind of stuff. You know, there's a niche for that. But I don't know if I can do that every week. I like talking about everything. I just have to, you know, listen to the people that like the show just to say, do what you do. We enjoy listening. Right? Right? I'm not sure. I think that's why I'm confused. Anyway, I think I picked the Patriots minus the eight because, I don't know, it's a really tough one. You know what's a good one? The over on that one. Oh, my God, 51. Maybe I'll take that. The Lions and the Chiefs, that's the London game this week. That's the one. The London game this week. The Lions and the Chiefs. Boy, is that a bag of crap. Those two teams stink. Again, maybe the over. London games. Always go over. Listening to your pal, Dave Jessica. Um, The Vikings and the Bears. Another crap game. I'm not betting on that one. I mean, I'll tell you. You know, I obviously have to pick every game next week, but I'll let you know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked the Vikings. The Bucks, Falcons. Who knows? Falcons by seven? Why would I pick that? The Falcons aren't... I mean, they're crazy. Giants, Saints. Well, you know what? I, I'll go all day on the Saints. I, what did I just say? The Saints are kind of back. And uh, the Giants stink. And the Saints are playing at home. I'm going to take the Saints. The Giants are really bad. So the Saints is the pick. Only minus three points. 
49ers Rams, those are two very bad teams, but it's hard to take the Rams minus eight. The 49ers really stink too. The Cardinals, the Browns. The Cardinals minus four and a half. I'm taking the Cardinals for sure. The Browns do stink. I know they put it together, but I think their quarterback's out. And Johnny Manziel is a mess. If he, I don't know who's playing, but I'm definitely going with the Cardinals. The Cardinals do win on the road. Steelers and the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals all day. Fuck the Steelers with the backup quarterback who didn't do well in Kansas City. I am taking the undefeated Bengals, even if it's in Pittsburgh. It's only one and a half points. People are nervous. They think, you know, with the undefeated teams, I think people are being like, no, no, this is the week. This is the week. They're going to win to somebody you're not expecting. But I'm not. I bet the Bengals a couple weeks ago, and that worked, and I don't know. Oh, my God, the Ravens Chargers. Do they have to even play that game? The Jets Raiders, I'm definitely taking the Jets, but I wouldn't bet on it. That's, you know, that's in Oakland. I mean, they should. They You know what? Actually, that's a good bet. The Jets should completely win. The Raiders have a very good quarterback. They have a very good team. But that Jets defense should really take care of that The quarterback. What is his name? Car, Darren Carr, I think. So I think the Jets will work it out. And then the Seahawks-Cowboys. Well, you got to take you got to take the Seahawks because the Seahawks beat bad teams. And they beat backup quarterbacks. The Seahawks are not a good team this year, but they will beat just as the Giants did, the Cowboys, even if it's in Dallas. So I'm going to take the risk and take the Seahawks minus the six. Now here's the toughest one of the week and the best game, and here's the dilemma. This Sunday, Packers-Broncos. Normally, who would care? But goddamn, you're talking about two undefeated teams. Two undefeated teams playing on a Sunday night and game five of the World Series. Oh my God! Should I watch somewhere? Should I watch here? You know how difficult it is for me to leave on Sundays. What am I going to do? I mean, it's probably better to go back and forth here, but I don't know. Then if you're at a bar, you can watch everything at once. Packers-Broncos is going to be amazing. That's the rest of the country. It doesn't give a shit about the Mets. I want to watch that game really badly. And I would love to see Peyton Manning win, but I think you got to bet the Packers, right? I don't know because Denver's been doing it all with smoke and mirrors. Oh, you know, I mean, think about this. Tom Brady is like Daniel Murphy is right now from another planet. Tom Brady, I hate Tom Brady, but that is because I'm a Jets fan. But I'm not an idiot. Tom Brady is amazing. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, who knows, <laughs> maybe ever. I mean, Jesus, he's he's certainly going to be if he's playing another 10 years, like he said. Fuck. <laughs> that sucks. Um, but you know what the funny thing is? People say like, well, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Like people are saying he's better. And he only has one Super Bowl. But maybe he is better. You know, Patriots have a well-rounded team with Bill Belichick as a, a, a genius of a coach. So it's like Aaron Rodgers could probably be just as good as Tom Brady if he was in the Patriots. So they're what they're basically saying is Aaron Rodgers does this all by himself, just the way kind of Peyton Manning did with the Colts. Remember, when, you know, I always say, when Eli Manning won two Super Bowls, but he did it with a lot of help. I mean, he was really good in that first one. But listen, he had, you know, Michael Strahan and O.C. Umiura and, you know, uh, whatever, just Justin Tuck and, you know, uh, a bunch of other people around him. Peyton Manning had no one. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl all by himself. Like, like Michael Jordan shit. I mean, seriously. And you know it. And that's why, you know, I mean, now he needs help. 
But for Christ's sakes, that's why Peyton Manning is way cool. He got that monkey off his back, and he won the Super Bowl on his own against the Bears, the Chicago Bears. And then you got the Colts and the Panthers uh, on Monday night. Well, you know, you know, I'm going Panthers. I mean, the Colts are getting a little better, but no, Panthers at home again. People, the Colts stink, and something's wrong with Andrew Luck. So, there it is. I don't know what I'm going to do on Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. That's a real dilemma. In a way, I was hoping the Mets were going to win last night. Um, again, taping this on Wednesday, they did a 14-inning game. Yeah, so get this, right? So so I, I, I've never done this before. I went to bed after the 10th inning. I don't know, was it 11.30? Maybe it was midnight. Because I had to wake up at 5.30 to do this thing I was going to do that didn't work out today. I was, like, I was all set to do it. I, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Just in case... And um, I had to go to bed at midnight. I, I've never done that before. And, well, thank God I did because they played 14 innings. And I would have been like, oh, crap, I'm going to wake up in two hours. That's never happened. I don't care about waking up. I don't care about any of that. But I knew I was doing the podcast. I wanted to be wide awake. So I actually went to bed. You know what I did, though? I went to bed like midnight. I just went. I was like, well, let me lie down. And I won't turn on the game. I'll listen to Steve Summers on the fan. And he was basically on describing the game, but not, you know, he wasn't a commentator. They weren't playing the game on the station. It's the sports station. But he was just commentating and taking calls during the game. And it was a very pleasant way to listen to the game and then to fall asleep. It was very, very pleasant. And I'm glad he did again because they went 14 innings. I tell you, I don't, I'm not worried about that. But I, again, I was hoping they were going to win, so they just went in four. So none of us would have this dilemma on Sunday. They just win Saturday night on Halloween which would be classic, and uh, we can all go home. But now it looks like we're going to have to wait until at least Sunday. Now, my theory is that the Mets uh, get it back together. They had a little bit more time off, and this has happened before. I remember when the Nets went to the playoffs, I think their first year, and they played the Lakers, and the Lakers were the shit. But they had a lot of time off, and the Nets ended up winning the first game, and then the Lakers beat the shit out of them right four games right after that. Those Lakers were a superior team, unfortunately. Um, so maybe it's something like that. You know, a lot of teams they come like the even the Yankees. Oh, no, I don't think they didn't. Yeah, because the the right, right, right. The Yankees. Oh no, no, the Yankees won the first game. Right, I thought maybe the Mets did that first in two thousand, but um, the Mets have never won a they've never won a first game in a World Series. So there's really no panic whatsoever. I think they had time off. I think they're soaking it all in. I mean, Familia gave up a home run that tied the game. He's never done that before. But, you know, you can let all that go. They were in the game. They were up. They were whatever. I think it's going to work out. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely going to be a good series, I guess. I don't have, you know, no ill will towards Kansas City, but, you know, who doesn't want to see the Mets win? And yet, like I said, I just I almost wish they weren't in it just because it's just so time-consuming. And I can't seem to, like, get people together to watch anything because, you know, they always play so late. You know, my other friends have actual jobs where they have to be in at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning. So you can only do the weekends. And it's Halloween weekend? Is he like, I want to go to a bar on Halloween weekend? Sarah and I are supposed to hang out. We, we're like, well, I guess, you know, we'll just cozy up and stay in. Um, because she doesn't want to go out on Halloween. I don't want to go out. Last Halloween, I went to the village. Remember, I went to the pizza place with Irene. Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. 
I mean, it was fun being in there and stuff, but I mean, it's just, it's wow. You know, Halloween in, in, in Greenwich Village in New York City? Hello? That's where I'm supposed to be. Hey, everybody. I've never liked Halloween. And quite frankly, oh, yeah, that's why I pulled this piece of paper here. Yeah, I was just looking at it. Where was that? I pulled it today because of, yeah, here it is. That's why I took this. I was wondering. I was looking at it. The fucking Peanuts movie, and they got that trick-or-treat for UNICEF. I can't. Fuck UNICEF. UNICEF does not give to Israel. I remember I found that out. I used to trick-or-treat for UNICEF as a kid, and I hated it because I always had to carry around my bag, my costume, and a stupid UNICEF box for charity, and it ruined many Halloweens, but it seemed like the right thing to do until I found out they're kind of a bogus organization. I can't believe that people still do it. You have trick-or-treat for UNICEF. You have to go to the fucking door and with that stupid thing and people had to give me candy and change. And then I found out they don't spread it around. These fucking jerk-offs at UNICEF, fuck them. Because not only did I have to carry a bag and, um, you know, the, the stupid UNICEF box, but I also used to have, I got like three costumes in a row that had like a light on top. You know, first I had an astronaut costume. I mean, it was like 1969. So I had an astronaut costume and the mask had a light on it. So I had to carry a thing in my hand that would light the thing up, you know, like with a battery in it that would light the top of my head. <laughs> and I had like three costumes like that. Not not Bingo from the Banana Splits. That might have been who I went as in 1969. I can't remember. I had a list of all my Halloween costumes that I did in, uh, in one of my performances in Aspen. Remember that one I told you about? Everybody fell asleep. It's probably why. Most of the years I went as Mannix. Um, you know, with Mike Connors. But uh, I went as James Spader in 1987. I went as James Spader, Pretty in Pink James Spader. I know I got pictures. Can you can you imagine? I went as James Spader in 1987. <laughs> I was so into him. And I was just... That's the thing. That's why I stopped doing Halloween because I ended up doing like imitations that I would just do. You know, I was doing imitations. And it was hard to just... You know, I couldn't just put on the costume. I had to do the whole... I had to be James Spader all night. I was at a party in Staten Island. It was like... I know, I'm doing Damone from Festival. But, um, I mean, what are we even doing in Staten Island? I mean, what are, you, what are we supposed to be doing here? Are we, what are we taking, the ferry? What's actually happening? Did you see the blacklist last week? And James Spader had this huge... It was so strange, like a monologue about racism and sexism it was so I mean what is the difference if somebody has a penis or they do not and why in this day and age would anyone really care I mean he had a whole huge monologue I'll try to get it next time it was really weird interesting and just proves that he's just way awesome he's the executive producer of the show or one of the producers so maybe he was like hey let's say something let's say something about what's happening oh so Monday night I go down. Oh, so, yeah, so Sunday, I'm completely hammered, but I, I don't stop eating. You know, I get downstairs after we drank, and then Jody brought down some goulash, and I ate that. And then at nighttime, I just went out, and I got some spaghetti, and then I ate cookies. I, mean, it was just, I was just going for it. It was horrible. 
And then Monday, you know, I was supposed to have chicken wings, but I didn't because Sarah was in town. So, you know, whenever she comes to town, I, I go meet her. She's not in town very often. So I meet her and her manager and Jeff Ross. We're at this hotel hanging around. And then uh, Chappelle comes by, Dave Chappelle. So it's like uh, five, four or five of us. Dave Chappelle came by with this uh, Muslim comic. And normally, I would have a problem with it, but uh, he was a really nice guy. Uh, I think he's been opening for Chappelle. I have a feeling he might become quite famous. Um, he was good, but it was good to see Chappelle. I hadn't seen Chappelle in a long time. Uh, we've had we had a problem, uh, which I'll tell you some other time. But um, it was really good to see him. He looked good. It was fun to see him. Actually, I hadn't seen him in many many years, so I guess we're okay. Everybody there has a lot of money except me. But the good news is I've. You know, I wield the perception that I have lots of money. Um, so, you know, really, that's really the most important thing. Now, last week when we were talking about Rhoda, remember, and I was saying uh, what aired on, you know, when Rhoda, the pilot of Rhoda beat Monday Night Football, what was the game that was playing that year? But I found out it was a preseason game. So, you know, that doesn't really count pretty easy to beat a preseason Monday Night Football game. It was September 9th and Pittsburgh, which technically would go on to win the Super Bowl that year, beat Atlanta 24-17. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That is not the case. That was on Rhoda's wedding. Uh, I don't know what was... It was a preseason game, so I didn't care. I think it was the Bills playing somebody. and Nobody cared. It was the Bills. I didn't even write it down, because, but I remember it was the Bills. And October 28th, Rhoda's wedding, it was Pittsburgh-Atlanta. Now, that was a tough one to beat because Pittsburgh was hot and they were going on to win the Super Bowl that year. And they obviously won a close one. And, uh, and it even says, facing huge competition from the October 28th CBS broadcast of the wedding of Rhoda Morgenstern on Rhoda, the ratings for Monday Night Football took a hit. On October 28th, for two games, they took a hit. On October 28th, 1974, and on November 18th, 1974, Monday Night Football was dethroned and took a huge ratings hit. What aired on November 18th, 1974, that somehow affected... Monday Night Football and it's quite fascinating because it, it doesn't make any sense I need a man who has powerful friends I need a million dollars in cash I need Don Corleone those politicians that you carry in your pocket like so many nickels and dimes it, the only reason it's funny yeah so they lost to the broadcast of The Godfather isn't that funny when you think about it now? They lost to the broadcast of a movie that everyone had seen. But it was the first time on television, and back then, that was a big deal. Um, and I don't even think, I don't know whether that was the one where they put the Godfather Chronicles together or not, because in 74, no, they couldn't have been, because in 74 they put, you know, that's when the Godfather 2 came out. So they were putting, that was the first time they were broadcasting the original Godfather, and uh, everybody was watching. Go figure, right? It's just strange because you think about it this day, like, wouldn't that be funny? Like, um, 
you know, like uh, Empire took a or, or no, like Sunday Night Football took a huge hit because they aired um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> you know, who well, doesn't make a lick of sense? In fact, let's look at the ratings for this week. Oh, and that, and that Monday Night Football game on November 18th was the Chiefs against the Broncos, and it was the highest-scoring game in Monday Night Football history. So how funny is that, that those two games where Rhoda's Wedding and The Godfather were like these two kind of monumental Monday Night games that nobody gave a shit about. And it's like the only time football is taking a backseat. But to The Godfather, which we love! Oh, and the World Series did very well uh, last night, by the way, um, getting a 4.6. So it beat all the competition. But um, Wicked City with Chuck Bass, which I wasn't sure was going to make it, that did horribly, horribly. Uh, Only a 0.9. So I wonder if it'll even make its limited run. I thought about watching it, but whatever you know what i'm saying but uh the voice the the voice still did it did well but yeah up against yeah and you know it's like it must suck to launch a show the day of the world series pretty stupid actually i wonder why they didn't wait till next week seemed like that would have been a smarter move maybe they maybe they wanted the show to, maybe there's a, a mole on the show and they wanted to uh not do well see okay here's the ratings for this week Sunday Night Football of course at number one blowing the competition away I mean it's not certainly not you know Sunday Night Football I mean this is just the first game of the World Series got a four share they, they got a 7.6 Sunday Night Football it just shows you the difference baseball nobody cares but it's the Mets so somebody cares and then what's the second one Thursday Night Football unbelievable right Sunday Night Football Thursday Night Football unbelievable numbers Everything pals in comparison. Then you got Empire, of course. Then more football-related stuff. It's fascinating. Football Night in America, which is just the the setup show to Sunday Night Football. Then the OT, which is uh, and this is interesting though. Then you got you know your, your Big Bang Theory, and the Voice, and then and this is interesting, right? The Simpsons and Family Guy and Brooklyn Nine Nine all made the top twenty-five because. The Giants were playing the Cowboys at 4.30 and that bled into 7.30 and everybody just kept with Fox. They all moved up. The Simpsons was at number eight. Number eight, The Simpsons, a 30-year-old show, was at number eight this week because the Cowboys were playing the Giants. And again, everything here shows you the power of football. It's fascinating. And ironically, on another end, the Yahoo broadcast in London did not do well at all. Like, it wasn't, they've been lying about the numbers, and it just didn't, nobody wants anything on Yahoo. I think that's a problem. You know, you want it on your regular TV or something. And I think what they don't realize is that, let's say I'm being an old man, and I'm saying I'd like it on TV. Uh, Most young people that, you know, don't have TV and would watch something on Yahoo uh, don't care about football. So, because if you care about football, you need a TV and you need cable. You know, that's the only reason I still have cable is for live sports. So if you care about football, so most, you know, young kids that get rid of their 
cable and cut the cord, as you might say, uh, probably don't care about live sports. So in that sense, Yahoo was a, a horrible choice to air that game on. I don't know whether you'd be able to get the Lions. I assume you, yeah, they'd probably just put it on Channel 2, uh, Lions-Chiefs uh, game, hopefully. And that Life in Pieces show moved from 18 to number 15 this week. Remember, it follows the damn Big Bang there. What are you going to do? Blind spot moved down, but still, it's it's doing really well. And then, think about this. Number 20. Why do they air it every year? It's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. I taped it. They air it every year because it does that well in the ratings. Fascinating, right? The great pumpkin Charlie What is that, from the 60s? I think they usually air it twice. Or they definitely air the Christmas special twice. Why not? Look what it does. Beat out Dancing with the Stars. Beat out Scorpion. It's fascinating to me. And probably no one else. So that's the thing, though. These... uh, a couple other shows got renewed. We have a little, like, a uh, report card in a way. So Life in Pieces got picked up. Oh, so I saw Supergirl on uh, Supergirl. I saw Supergirl Monday. I definitely wanted to. I was very excited about it. It's been getting really good reviews. Killed in the ratings. I think I have the ratings right here, actually. That's why. Hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, killed it. A 3.2. That's really. The Big Bang Theory gets a 4.2. It was the next one. But think about it. It's still a point off, you know. And it, But it aired right after the Big Bang Theory. So, duh, obviously that helps. Uh, this was on Monday. But it still dropped a point. But it did really well. And, of course, that helped Scorpion as well, which was on after. Uh, and the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the one I told you was pretty good. I saw the second episode. It wasn't as good. Did horrible in the ratings. 0.2. Oh, my. Gotham isn't... Uh, doing that well either minority ports finish uh blind spot did really well but supergirl did really well but i didn't like it i didn't i don't know i told you i got a problem with uh female superheroes okay i know it's sexist i know i get it but look what's a superhero it's like you know what what is it it it, it, it's something you know why do i read comic books i read them because they speak to me so a girl with superpowers doesn't what what can I say? What what can I say? You you damn right it's a sexist statement, but what what can I tell you? I didn't like that character either because I never liked Supergirl. I I don't have a problem with Wonder Woman. I used to love Wonder Woman. I used to love the TV series. I thought Linda Carter was the greatest. I like Wonder Woman. Maybe that's just it. I don't like the character Supergirl. I don't like that there's someone else from Superman's planet. It bothers me. It's his cousin. I've never liked that whole plot line. But this girl's good. She's not right. I can actually. I, Jimmy Olsen's black, and she likes him. What is what's happening? <laughs> hey, old man. <laughs> Callista Flockhart is in. She plays her boss. She actually looks really good. She put on a little weight, you know, so she's not so super thin. Not, not like a tiny, tiny bit, and uh, you know, because she was just so thin, it was kind of like not sexy. But she looks really good. Being married to Indiana Jones and Han Solo has been very helpful for her. But they also uh, make reference that it's called Supergirl. So she's like, so Callista Flock, her boss, is like, what do you think is so bad about a girl? I'm a girl and your boss and powerful and rich and hot and smart. So if you perceive Supergirl as anything less than excellent, isn't the real problem you? That's a pretty funny line. But I don't know. The show didn't really do it for me. I don't know why. 
they uh, the way they just kind of bought everything into this first episode it's just uh, it's missing something for me and I don't know what it is I'm not sure I guess I'll watch another episode and see if I can figure it out um, but this Life in Peace is because it's on after the Big Bang there I dare you to put Life in Pieces on when it's not at the Big Bang there like I said and I know you're not going to do this I dare you to put the odd couple on at a different time I guarantee it tanks. Life in Pieces. The Grinder. Yes. Limitless. Yes. Dr. Ken. We're going to talk about that in a second. Got picked up for a full season. Rosewood. You remember Rosewood. Uh, Rosewood got picked up. Uh, it got picked up for another season, even though uh, the crowd hated it, or the, the, the critics hated it. You know what I'm looking for. <laughs> if you've been listening to the show, you know I was looking for this one. Yeah. Rosewood with Morris Chestnut. And the time. Yeah. Jesse. Now Jerome. Woo. Morris Chestnut in Rosewood. Ah. Woo. I think I want to know you, know you. Morris Chestnut. Woo. Sexual chocolate. Show ya. A jungle love. I love Morris Chestnut. I know it's not Morris Chestnut, but uh, if you were listening three weeks ago, uh, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. Morris Day in the time. So every time I see Rosewood, uh, you know, this is just in my head. What can I do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, somehow that got picked up for a full season. It looks horrible. Blind Spot's a huge hit, got full season. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Don't think it's going to make it. Like I said, I saw the second episode. Not as great. I had a feeling. But I'll give it another try. Uh, Code Black. I told you that one would... It's not working. I told you it would suck. Grandfathered. Hopefully that'll go away so the grinder will be by itself. Uh, Quantico is doing very well. Blood and Oil. No one cares. In fact, they said the Dallas reboot nobody asked for. Minority Report. I told you that one would be canned. The Muppets... Doing pretty good. Although people are upset with the content. Can you imagine? We don't like when Miss Piggy is being sexy. The f- who's listening to these assholes? Scream Queens, which I actually watch every week. Doing horrible in the ratings. I hope they at least keep it going so I can see who the killer is. That one I don't mind. I've been trying to watch uh, Hotel, you know, the American Horror Story one, and that one is real trouble to watch i'm like well let me watch it and see what's happening and i don't really like it but scream queens i kind of enjoy because the girls are really cute um so <laughs> look what do you want me to say i'm a man kind of <laughs> i'm a man who likes to open with the rota theme uh when the mets are in the world series but that is the story now yeah let's just finish off uh Let's finish off the week uh, in television-wise. My cat? No. You can stay there. Finish off the week television-wise for uh, Fridays because we left off last time with Thursday. And Fridays are interesting, you know, because they don't put a lot of new shows on Fridays and usually um, 
they stink. Uh, that last man standing, it's fascinating. I, you know, with Tim, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. You know, from Tool Time, Tim Allen. <laughs> it continues to do okay, and it's probably in its like seventh season already. You imagine this guy? He's got like multiple hits. And so they start with this Dr. Ken, what we were talking about. And that's that dude from The Hangover. And uh, I think he's also in Community. Uh, what's it, Ken Jong? And he created, wrote, and co-executive produces the show. And it's based on his experience as a doctor prior to becoming a stand-up comedian. And they ordered a full episode for it. It's doing very well, actually. The series chronicles the daily life of a brilliant physician who tries to balance his career with his family life, which can be difficult on both fronts, especially with having a therapist for a wife. I mean, it sounds like the, you know, the, the usual. Okay, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good. What do you got for me? Okay, here it is. The Graduate, part two. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the one we, you know, the thing we always play, but... um. If you have a decent central character with a lame plot, it really doesn't matter. I mean, if this guy, if people like this guy, which apparently they do, then the show's going to work. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it doesn't matter. Now, the next, what's going to be replaced with when it, um, well, actually, it, it just got a full season, so I don't know how they're going to do this, but the plan was to, in the winter, oh, I guess in between, they're going to do Uncle Buck, a black version of Uncle Buck, you know, like Black Annie with uh, Mike Epps and Nia Long, who I thought was Nia Peebles, who's really hot from the old show Fame, but it's not. Um, so that sounds horrid. And then, and then you get your Shark Tank and your 2020, that is, a, you know, standing stuff, and then CBS has The Amazing Race. Why is it on Fridays? Are they trying to get rid of it? And then Hawaii Five-0, Blue Bloods, you know, that does really well on Fridays. That's on CBS. And uh, so in the fall, NBC has, well, they're going to have Undateable. I thought that was on Thursday. Well, that'll be later. And then this show called Truth Be Told. They have nothing on now. They have Encore Programming. Why would, they don't want to put anything on Friday. Isn't that odd? And they have Grimm and Dateline. Boy, they really got, uh, NBC's crazy. They're planning on doing, oh, maybe what happened is they're planning on doing this Truth Be Told. The series revolves around two diverse couples who are best friends and neighbors. They share their observations around the world around them. The show centers around Mitch, a college ethics professor who is determined to change the part of the world he lives in today. Alongside, alongside Mitch is his wife of five years, Tracy, who is also an attorney and loving mom to their four-year-old daughter, Sadie. Right next door is Mitch's best friend, Russell, a stand-up comedian and often Mitch's voice of reason. And Russell's new wife, Angie, a doctor who always keeps him in check. <laughs> I'm going to still. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. What do you got for me? Okay. Here it is. The Graduate, Part Two. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. So that show's going nowhere. They already reduced the order from 13 episodes to 10. Truth be told, it's with Mark Paul Gosseler. Everybody likes him. You know, from Saved by the Bell. Good-looking fella. Put Mario Lopez in that. I might watch it. You know what I'm talking about. So last season on Fridays was that show Cristela, which we talked about. And I told you, I thought it might, I actually liked it. And it was with that girl, Cristela Alonzo. But it aired on October 10th through April 17th. The series was canceled. 
on May 7th. And it chronicled the life of Christella and whatever, and she was in this job. Or we played some, we played a clip on it, and then remember Memo was here, and she's Mexican, and I was like, does this insult you? And he goes, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> so I actually didn't hate it. She was pretty good. And again, you got the same plot, you know, because remember I was making fun because every plot of a Spanish person is always the Paul Rodriguez, like, hey, man, listen, we sleep like seven people on the couch in my house, man. So don't tell me we're going to do it. I mean, that's pretty much what it was, except she was... I, I liked her. At work, she deals with her boss, who is prone to unintentional racist statements, his daughter Maddie, who could not care less about working, and has described Christella as a rich, spoiled white girl. <laughs> eh. I didn't hate it. Well, the worst part is, they took off the show I really did like on NBC, and, then they, and they have nothing to replace it with, as I just told you. At 8 o'clock on NBC was Constantine, which I liked, and I taped every episode, and they replaced it with nothing. So why not just make more Constantine? There was a major fan base, and people were asking you to keep it on. It was the series, uh, you know, this guy, uh, Matt Ryan, who was, who was fantastic, and it's about the, com- the DC Comics, you know, and you know I love this kind of stuff, from Hellblazer, and uh, they just... It was supposed to be over 13 episodes, but yeah, they canceled. I don't even think they aired all 13. But the good news is this guy playing that character is going to be on Arrow this season. So that is good because people like it. I like that there's going to be a little crossover. This guy was really good. He's like, um, he can go into hell and, you know, he takes care of demons and stuff like that. It was kind of kick ass. I really enjoyed it. It's the perfect thing for Friday nights. That was the perfect time slot for it. And he had this hot girl he was working with who, you know, saw visions. He was cool. He was a drunk. He smokes. I mean, that's the way it was in the comic, too. And, you know, Hell is very angry with him. Very angry. They're very angry with Constantine. They're not happy. Hell was not a pleasant place for him. For Constantine. I always felt bad for him. Poor Constantine, you know, he has nowhere to go. I mean, if you can't go to heaven, you can't go to hell. Where are you going? My apartment. Hi, hello, Mom. Let me just see. I had a bunch of other stuff I could talk about as usual, but, uh, nah. We call it a night. I want to go watch the Mets. You know, that's why uh, the plug is a little early today. I got to watch the Mets game two. And then this weekend, you know, game three, four, five, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just ruining everybody's weekend. Even I know it's the Mets. But I have no one to watch with. Like, if I had a standing bunch of friends that loved the Mets and we could all just have this great weekend, that would be great. But I don't. Nobody cares about the Mets except me and uh, Kevin Cash. And I haven't talked to him at all. I hope he's okay. I mean, there's a couple people, but they live far. Nobody lives in Manhattan who likes the Mets, except me. Why is it just me? Why do I always like the teams that nobody else cares about? I can't find anybody who likes the Mets, and I know nobody who likes the Jets. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I really have. I mean, I've had. I mean, it's just, it's just about enough of doing Madeline Kahn in uh, High Anxiety. <laughs> Well, that's our show for today. I think I covered all the bases I could. I mean, certainly I had lots of more material, but that's what we've been talking for an hour, and I 
I feel bad that I've been quite unprepared the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to work it out sooner or later, right? I don't know what I'm doing next week, though. Next week, you know, I'm busy. Rachel's got that thing on Wednesday, so hopefully we'll do this Thursday. I'll get you a new episode by Friday. Really, I should just do one over the weekend, right? What am I doing Saturday? Am I going to spin class? What am I doing? I should do it Saturday. It'll be nice outside. It'll be daylight. I don't like doing the podcast at night. I like doing it in daylight. It's very pleasant. That's why I like doing all these podcasts. I like doing it in the daytime. It's very pleasant to look out the window and do the podcast. It's a nice atmosphere. What's the matter with everybody? You know why I'm talking like this guy? Because he loves the Mets. He's always going to be at the Mets. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's go Mets. So the next time we see each other, the Mets will have either won or lost the World Series. Now, how about that? So I guess we'll see what will happen. Man, the Mets might win the World Series, but that's going to be crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see you next time, everybody. And thanks a lot for listening to the Dave Juskow Show, where you can find a fresh one every either Thursday or Friday on SoundCloud. We'll see you next time. Have a great Halloween, everybody. Halloween!